0: Have you ever felt like you're fighting with yourself? That there's this tug of war or battle going on? Sometimes it's over simple things. Sometimes it's over big things. One of our kids had that struggle as a child. Making a decision was a war. Do I want salt or pepper? We're going to get ice cream. Would you like chocolate? Or vanilla? And there were times that that question prompted tears. I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll get you vanilla. No. Okay, I'll get you chocolate. No. Just couldn't decide. Now, When it comes to ice cream, the answer is just yes. And that's a relatively insignificant decision in light of eternity. But what we're talking about this morning carries a lot more weight than that. We're looking at this war within that prompts a need for something more. That's why the title of the message is grace times two equals sanctification. Our church believes in our denomination. It's a distinctive in the church of the Nazarene. This idea of holiness and of sanctification. In fact, we label it entire, meaning all encompassing. I just out of curiosity this morning did a quick scan of my bookshelves that are here, not what I have at home but just here and I quickly realized I've got more than 60 books on holiness and the Holy Spirit etc etc it's a big deal now it's sometimes considered complicated and it can be but it doesn't need to be it's complicated because of all that it involves and all that can come out of it and how all-encompassing and eternally impacting it is. But the decision doesn't need to be that complicated. But part of it is because there is this war going on inside of us. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me in the New Testament or your Bible on your devices. We're taking a look this morning specifically in Romans chapter 6. We'll also be referencing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And maybe some others, who knows. But this whole thing of this battle, this war within is complicated because we don't understand and the war within is literally between the old me and the new me in fact one of those other references is in romans chapter 7 verse 18 it says for i have the desire to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out Can you relate to that? And spiritually as well as in other stuff. I mean, I know the diet plan. I just don't do it. I know how many minutes I should exercise or walk. I just don't always do it. I know how I should live. I just don't always do it. Now, I've got good news and bad news for you. The good news is God has provided what we need to have the power and the ability to live rightly. The bad news is it's up to us to say yes and then to live it. And that's only bad news if you don't do it. And that's this war that goes on. I know what I want to do. I just can't seem to do it. I know what I should do. I just don't want to do it. Or maybe I'm just confused. Chocolate or vanilla? I can't decide. Well, this morning, I'm hoping to help you decide from what scripture tells us. So if you have your Bibles, let's read in Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? <laughs> By no means. Notice, I think every translation has an exclamation point after that statement. They may change that statement slightly and say, no way or whatever. But what it says when we ask the question, well, since it's a struggle and since I want to sin, should I keep on doing it? Because after all, God loves to forgive sin. So this is a pretty cool deal. I like to sin. God loves to forgive. We're both happy. Well, the Apostle Paul says, if you're trying to follow Christ, the answer is no! Exclamation point. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self, the old man, the old nature, the old us, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. But now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin shall have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. And first Thessalonians Chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. See that war within, that struggle about I know what I ought to do. I can't seem to do it. I know what I want to do. I can't seem to do it. I do it for a little while, then I give up. I do it for a little while, then I wear out. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 needs to be your rally cry. For Christ has called us. God has called us to a holy life. But I can't do it. We'll finish the verse. He will do it. The English Standard Version that I read from, in fact, says, surely he will do it. And God keeps his promises. See, I don't have to. I just have to say yes to it. It's not nearly as hard as we make it out to be. But there is this war within us between the old and the new. And if there's a war, we need to have a plan to win the war. So here it is. To win the war, it starts with realizing the new me is dead to sin. If I have accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, if I have said yes, ask for forgiveness of my sin, there is this new me. And the new me is dead to sin. Dr. Charles Lake said one time in a camp meeting that I attended, he said, we have to realize that a dead person is not tempted to sin. Not one funeral you've ever attended has the one who died been tempted to sin anymore. Well, duh. Of course not. Well, why? Well, they're dead. Exactly. You see, it is possible for us to live as if we are dead to sin. Doesn't mean temptations don't come. Christ was tempted just like we are. I don't have to yield. Is it possible to yield? To do it? Yes, it is. But I now know I don't have to. Contrary to what some teaching says. Contrary to the war within us that says you have to. No, I don't. Ah, oh, You have to. Everybody does. I don't have to. Because... Of what Christ did on the cross, because he left the grave, it's empty. Because when He left us, he told his followers, "I'm sending the Holy Spirit for you to fill you, empower you and cleanse you." That's what we looked at a couple of weeks ago on community. That Christ provided for us. You see, this death to sin is a death to selfishness and a death to trying to control everything. (laughs) That's really the issue, isn't it? I want to live for Christ. I just want to be in control. So turn to somebody near you and say, I want to be in control. Now, some of you are lying because you didn't say it. What you wanted to say was, you wanted to turn to them and say, you want to be in control. So go ahead, do that. Go ahead. You can even point your finger. They might break it, but you can go ahead. Control is the issue, isn't it? That war within is who will win the war. An old Indian saying that talks about the battle within us. Part of us, there's two wolves within inside us, the old Indian lore says. One that wants to do what's wrong and one that wants to do what's right. And the young Indian asked his dad, and he said, so who wins? And he says, whichever one you feed. That's good theology. We don't have any wolves in us. But we got two things going on. That's the war. And the one you feed is the one that will win. That's why being in the word is so important. That's why gathering together corporately matters. That's why getting together in smaller groups so that we can help hold one another accountable just by doing life together matters. So let me just call time out isn't in your notes but let me ask this question. Which one are you feeding the most? The one that Doesn't do what's right? Or the one that does? The one who's telling you, look in the Word, let's follow this? Or the one that says, what do you feel like? The war within. The plan to win it is we have to recognize the new me is dead to sin and I need to live as if I'm dead to it. As my buddy Charles Lake said, the dead person can't do it. And we need to live that same way as if we're dead to it. We need to remind ourselves often Christ has forgiven us. Satan says, no, he hasn't. And we need to keep reminding ourselves That the word is clear and my experience shows, yes, he has. I'm forgiven. Why would I want to live in the past? Why would I want to feed the old me? I need to keep feeding the new me. For you see, the second part of this plan to win the war is that I need to recognize the new me is alive to God through Christ. The scripture is clear verse 7 of romans 6 says for one who has died has been set free from sin if we died with christ we will believe we believe we will also live with him we are alive to him jump down to verse 11 so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to god in christ jesus that's good news You see, we are no longer who we once were. (laughs) Thank goodness. We are fully alive in Christ. In fact, if you've accepted Christ, Christ now lives in you. And when I remember that fact, I don't want to drag him into some of the stuff I used to do. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, your salvation. Christ in you, your Savior. The new you. Dead to sin, alive to God through Christ Jesus. So, since that's true, we now need to live to love God and others. Say, what? I like the first half of that statement, not the second. I live to love God. Yes, I live to love others, some of them. (laughs) That's the old me saying that. You see, since God loves all, since Christ said on the cross, Father, forgive them, and that was an inclusive statement to everyone, I am to love God. Everyone. Sometimes through gritted teeth. That's the human side. But it's because Christ is in me that I can do that. That I can live to him and love others because of God. Now, I have to get beyond just wearing the t-shirt that says it. And I need to evidence this. For you see, if I love others, and if Christ is in me, and I'm alive in him, this must be evidenced by how I live. And there's only one way that can happen, and that is through the power of the Holy Spirit, who now fills us. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, before he surrendered himself Completely to God. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Before that time. Even though he was. Considering himself following Christ. He had a mistress. On the side. After that surrender. He no longer participated in that. And in fact that mistress. By the name of Claudia. Saw him and started calling out to him. Augustine, Augustine. And Augustine Didn't answer as if he didn't hear her dead to sin. She finally got face to face and said, Augustine, it's me, Claudia. And he looked at her and said, but it's not me, Augustine, anymore. It was the new him, Christ in him, filled with the Holy Spirit. For you see, what he was doing before was wrong, no matter what he was testifying to. But once that surrender, once that infilling took place, he recognized that and was like, I'm not living that way anymore. See, the plan is recognizing dead to sin. The plan is recognizing and living out being alive to God. The plan is the new me is surrendered entirely to God. See, I take a look at this and it says in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Don't present your members, your body, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. In verse 14, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace because of surrendering or yielding or offering any of those words, no matter what your translation is, one of those words is being used. The key is that I have to give up me, go back to that struggle that we're having about being in control. It's a death to the selfishness, a death to trying to control everything. A new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we are a new creation in Christ. That's the new me. The old has gone. The new has come. The new me is surrendered entirely. That's where we get our um, statement of faith talking about entire sanctification. That it is an entire thing. I give everything to him. See, there's initial sanctification upon accepting Christ as your personal Savior. I say, yes, forgive me my sin, and we are forgiven of that sin. The problem is there's still a sin nature. We're born with it. We, we want to do the wrong thing. Have you ever noticed no young child needs to be taught to have a temper? No parent or grandparent had to sit down and say, here's how you throw a fit. They just know. Here's how you say, as you take something out of someone else's hand, mine. Don't have to teach them. It's in our nature. The good news is, the Holy Spirit cleanses of that. That control, that me mentality, and that me nature, surrendered entirely to God, and we do this by offering ourselves... All of ourselves. And God then through the Holy Spirit cleanses us, fills us, and empowers us to live a sanctified life. It is a resolver commitment on our part to give up self and live in God's will. But we have to offer, yield, surrender ourself to God entirely you see in that initial part what we generally do is we don't want to go to hell we want our sins forgiven we we want to get this guilt off of us so we ask for that forgiveness we get it and grace flows down and it's awesome but then that war starts because we haven't given him everything and then we start negotiating lord i'll quit doing this and he goes well what about over here Well, I said, I'll give you this. This was a big struggle for me because I love to negotiate. See, doctors make edicts and I say, no, that's just a starting negotiation. I tried that with God. It didn't work so well for two reasons. One, I couldn't win. And two, I was wrong. to yield entirely, to give that up to him, to offer ourselves, all of us. This is surrender. It is a conscious act to live like Christ in every area of life, emptied of self, filled with the Holy Spirit, then empowered to live like Christ. You see, this action of sanctification, as Dr. David Busick, one of our general superintendents, said at our district assembly this year, it is both instantaneous in that moment you are sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. And it is continual because you got to keep working. You see, there is something about that grace. And it takes grace to get to the point where I realize I'm even having this war. Because at first I don't even recognize it because I'm so used to doing what I used to do and what I wanted to do, that at first I don't even notice I'm still doing my thing instead of God's thing. But after a while, you start to notice, don't you? Either because you're looking in the Word or you're seeing others and how they live, as well as the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I realize, what's going on? Well, that's grace working on you. And for me, it was when I got to the place where I said, there has to be more to this following Christ than how I'm now living or it's not worth it. This battle within me is not worth it if there isn't something else. And it took me a while, partially because I was negotiating. And partially... Because I didn't even realize that I wasn't giving him everything. And in that moment, in the balcony at Kankakee First Church, I gave him everything. I snuck into the service late. Because I was wrestling with this and really didn't want to be seen by anybody. The balcony was closed, but I figured that was a negotiation. I went up there anyway. I have no idea what was preached that night. But I know what happened in me. Because in that moment, I surrendered everything. Scary? You bet. Because I didn't know what was coming next. And by saying, Lord, it's up to you, not up to me. What I was saying was that no matter what comes, I'm going to do what you desire, not what I desire. That's a scary thought. Because as you said about yourself and as you pointed to your neighbor and said, we love to be in control. And that was the battle. It hasn't always been simple since then. But oh, it's been so much better. It hasn't taken away all my problems. But it has given me new life. It has given me the power and the purpose to follow him. And I have to keep working on it. For you see, new things come up in life and they need to be surrendered. Because when I made that decision, there were no children in our life. And with each child, I had to surrender them. I had to make that choice. With each new thing that came and each new phase of life that had to be surrendered to him. But it starts in this moment. So let me ask, who's living in you? The old or the new? Who's winning that war? The old you or the new you? Have you surrendered yourself entirely to God? Or are you still living in your power instead of the power of the Holy Spirit? The choice is one you have to make. No one else can make it. But you do need to choose. Because you know what the war is like, don't you? And this morning, maybe you're here and you need to make the first choice to begin to follow Christ. This is a great time to do that. Yes, Lord. I want you. Maybe you made the choice to follow him a little while ago or years ago, but you've still been at war trying to do it yourself. Today's a great day to surrender let's stand I just invite you this morning if this is a day that you're ready to surrender and say Lord you got everything it's not an admission to others of the fact that you've not been living for Christ it's that you've been at war and you're ready to win the war you're ready to surrender to what God wants so that it's him in you Instead of you. So that it's his power. Not yours. So that it's him. Who calls the shots. If that's the decision. That you're making this morning. And saying yes Lord. That's what I want. Without worrying about what anybody else is doing right now. I just invite you. Just just raise your hand up and hold it there. And say this is my choice today. Lord you got everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, as we go from here today, may you continue to work on our hearts and minds. Father, for those who this is something that's happened a little while ago or a long time ago, may you just encourage them and confirm your Holy Spirit in them. But Lord, if this is still the struggle going on, I pray, and especially for these that have just indicated, I want this. I want to give you all of me entirely. Father, I pray that you would right now as they make that choice, as they say to you in their heart, Lord, you've got everything. Shine a spotlight everywhere, Lord. Lord. May they just keep saying yes to you as you show these different areas of their life. And I pray that you would show them this new life, that you would fill them as you've promised with your Holy Spirit, and that they would literally feel that right now. This week, As difficulties and struggles come, Father, I pray that you would just empower them, surround them. As you bring their name to our minds, may we be faithful to lift them in prayer. For Lord, when we make this decision, it doesn't mean there aren't struggles. It doesn't mean there's no temptation, but we don't have to yield. So this week, remind them that they have the power because of you in them. To not yield to the temptation. To not live like the old them. Lord, I pray that in this day, when we go from here, that we go in the knowledge of the fullness of your Spirit. Lord, may we live entirely, completely, for you. Lord, I pray for those that are still wrestling with this, that the war is still going on, even as they're standing here. I pray that this week, your Holy Spirit would just continue to pursue them until they yield to you. So Lord, as we go from here, may you empower us to live your will, not ours, your control, not ours. May we know you are in us. I pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.